Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Ricky. And this is the fourth episode of the Beer and Broadband podcast on season three. So I kind of messed that up a little bit, but I recovered. It should come out April 27th, 2020. And uh, we're just going to jump right into it. So we've been talking about like working from home and all this other stuff. This is probably going to have some of that same stuff. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit more about like just some things that I was interested in and um, something that I brewed this this episode so it'll be a little bit different um but if you haven't cleaned cleansed your palates with a nice sip of coffee you should probably do that i'm gonna do that right now yep i drank through some water i'm pretty good yep. cleanse your palate now i brewed some wine i got this recipe from um city steading brews um they make a wine where it's just grape juice and sugar and some bread yeast and i've made i've made that by the recipe and then i changed it the first time the or the first one gallon that i made i didn't have any bread yeast so i just threw some um red star champagne yeast in there i haven't let ricky try it yet i'm interested to see what he thinks so wife made the uh the label for this is called bradley brew works sweet red wine um but it's 12.9 abv um, I bottled it on February 7th, 2020. So it's had about two months to almost to the day to, um, to kind of mellow. Um, and it was much harsher when I first put it in. Mm. So, um, what do you think? It's really not bad. It's, it's got a sweetness that I'm just not a huge fan of the type of sweetness to it. Like there's something about it. It's still got a lot of the juice flavor. Mm-hmm. Which I know is maybe that's a hard way to even think about it. I guess maybe because it had the extra sugar was just in this like maltrix or something, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just like some sugar. table sugar. It's just table. Okay, so it's just like table sugar. Yeah, I wonder if that left more of the other like juice properties behind. It's certainly not bad. I mean, I'm drinking it. I'm probably going to finish my glass of it. So you had this at ten percent using bread yeast, mm-hmm. uh, and I had added a couple of things to it to um in in secondary to make like some grapes to it in secondary Mm -hmm. to to make it or not grapes uh raisins yeah in secondary to make it have like a different mouth feel thinking back on that i know you probably don't remember exactly how it tastes but thinking back on how that tasted versus this because we had talked about like Mm -hmm. 10 percent abv may kind of be the sweet spot for stuff like this do you still think that, or do you think like, oh yeah, like two months in, this is pretty smooth. It's not, it's not well, bad. Yeah, I guess on that argument, I think it at twelve percent, it was probably too harsh to super enjoy right then. But two months of aging is pretty good for a wine. I mean, you know, there's there's ones that go a lot longer, than obviously, like commercially. But when you think about the average, like eight or ten dollar bottle of table wine, most of them do not age for very long two months is a, is a good spot for that i think this with the two month wait is really good um i do remember though that other one he sent me home with a bottle of that one you know i had some problems with the yeast kind of like i did with the cider and i like i think he said this was the red star i like yeah. the cleanness of this one you don't have really those off flavors in in this batch i want i want this with some of that some of that raisin in it i really liked the raisins in the one um so because it gave uh, it a really good like secondary flavor so let let me uh 
let, let me sweeten that pot a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I made some uh, another thing of sweet red wine. I made one gallon EC one eighteen, and I made one with some Red Star. I have one gallon of Red Star that's sitting in. It's not finished yet, but it already went dry at point nine nine four. It's fifteen percent ABV, and then I have the uh, Lavin the EC 118 that mm-hmm. did at 13.9 ABV. Um, they're both in there. I put the raisins and tea in both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've already, I've already tried both of them. I'm, we're going to end up talking about those because I've already bottled one of them. That's going to be one of the things that I'll let you have next to, uh, to feel. Yeah. To see, I think that'll be real nice. Out. Yeah. I, th- I think you're going to enjoy that one. Um, and then I might actually ask you to see what Alice thinks about it. <laughs> see, see if that's any good or not. Mm. Um, Cause I don't, I don't know. I mean, like I'm kind of torn. This is, this is like a very sippable, you know, drink. It's not. Um, it yeah. It's not that bad. There's a little bit bad. of bitterness from the tannin yeah. of the grapes, you know, nothing too harsh. Well, I actually, I think that that little bit of bitterness is just, um, it's just the um, the way that grape juice generally tastes. If it didn't have the sweetness in it, well, yeah, it, yeah, the, 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 the tannins from the red grape still sits around in it. Well, that's where wine gets most of its tannins. It's just from the grape skin itself. So you're 100 percent right. Just like with apple juice, because it doesn't have any tannins in it. If you get take all the sugar out, it's just super acidic. Whereas yeah. grapes are acidic but also bitter. Exactly. Exactly. This the that but like the tannins and things that you normally want it doesn't have any of that in it. and that's what kind of the tea and the raisins bring to it in in primary and secondary um it just it it ended up being um i'm really excited about how this is going to end up being um you know so um yeah i i even um i i, I think that i've hit my when I want to make homemade wine, this is the perk because it's like cheap. It's like um, you get yourself a, a gallon of just grape juice and you make it with it. It's not, it's not hard to do. And putting this up against some of the other wines that I like to drink, this is a pretty decent. I mean, if you, if you put this up to like other red wines, it's not as good as um, some of the barrel aged, the bourbon barrel aged wines that I've had um, in the past, but it's definitely up there with like $10 wines. It's not, and it costs, it definitely costs less than that to make per bottle. It's like oh, yeah. a dollar per bottle or something like that. It's not hard to make it. All. Yeah. That's kind of the fun thing at homebrew is you can make something really tuned in to your particular taste in alcohol. And, you know, it cents on the dollar. I mean, like, it's pretty average if it's if you're buying the cheap stuff if you're buying like regular bo- table wine bottles or regular store cider it's like 20 cents to the dollar to make it yourself maybe not even yeah. that much depending on what you put into it you know I, I made a six and a half gallons of that wine for a 50 buck investment maybe you yeah. know that's starting to hit that for the price per one you know, the 750 milliliter bottle is what I'm getting per gallon. Well, uh, I mean, that's that's four. That's roughly four um, 
750 milliliter bottles per gallon. Yeah. And so you got four times six um, is, you know, 20, 24, 20, roughly 26 bottles of wine out of that. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a pretty good return on investment there. If you spent $50, that'd be $50 for basically one gallon of, of, of that wine. Yeah. If you're buying you know, it in the store, right? you get a real good return. And most of the time it's pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, it, as long as you've got the time to wait, you know, you've, you've saved in money buying alcohol, what you spend on equipment and just your first batch or two, and then you're just riding cheap alcohol from there. But I think, I mean, and, and this doesn't go everywhere for this stuff, but I think I could make, I think I could make five gallons of this wine for less than what you made with all the ingredients um, for like $30. Yeah, you know. I mean, that's probably true because I bought a lot of juice and then also a big thing of commercial concentrate. So I, I'd absolutely agree. Like this, this um, like apple cider I make is a lot cheaper than the wine. But even with like you're buying everything at a premium, you can still make out like a bandit. Yeah, yeah, you do. And and this this stuff, this is not the final form. This is just what I, I and this was the first thing I did. So I, I was like, I didn't think about like, oh, this isn't going to brew anymore because it's at 13% and this and the yeast tolerance is somewhere around 18%, but there's not enough sugar to go much higher than 13% in this, you know, and stuff like that. So it actually went dry. So like I put it in the fridge because I was worried about it being floating and stuff like that, but I didn't have to, um, you know, uh, so th this actually ended up being pretty awesome. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, it's a uh, the wine is super I, I should have been making wine since i was an adult basically is what i'm saying <laughs> um but uh so let's talk about amazon fresh versus well did you, is there anything else you want to say about um making red wine no i just encourage more people to do it it's really it's so easy to do for what good product to get yeah absolutely so let's talk about fresh versus shipped versus um, Harris Teeter delivery. Um, have you tried any of these things like Walmart's delivery or any of this stuff? Um, we've done Harris Teeter's delivery a couple of times when we're sick. We pretty regularly use fresh. And I haven't, I know there was an, um, another one on the docket that I hadn't tried. Um, but yeah, shipped I've, I've tried to target. Uses. Yeah, that one. Yeah, but no, I've, I've tried a couple of the different delivery service. I've used Instacart quite a few times. Again, normally, generally when we're sick, you know, when we can't go out to the store with ourselves. So I've been using um, Amazon Fresh pretty regularly mm -hmm. since it rolled out here. It's like, you know, $5 and you get to pay a tip. So it adds like maybe 10 or $20 to your grocery bill. Um, but like if I'm sick or um quarantined or something like that mm -hmm. it's perfect <laughs> you know it's oh, like yeah. awesome yeah um that so the i the, the, there's a part of me that's like oh i don't want people going on there and not hoarding you know and 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 stuff like that so i'm not encouraging anybody to go out and hoard things or do something that that's going to deprive other people of stuff and definitely since the quarantine there's been like some hard times getting certain items like certain meats and stuff like that mm-hmm 
but for the most part, we have gotten 90% of our groceries, you know, just like every two weeks, we just make a fresh order and we get like, you know, some rice and some beans and some veggies and they pick up the stuff that we ask them to. And they're really good at shopping. And I had, I tried that with like Walmart and Walmart sucked. Like their, their stuff really sucked. Chip was great. It was just like an extra 30 or $40 per per like grocery thing and so mm. that was a little too much extra to pay but i if they if they lowered the price a little bit was shipped um you know where it was like five dollars you yeah. know and then uh, on top of it you know you you paid your your person uh, a tip i would totally be down with doing shipped shipped is great uh fresh has been great am i uh, i've been doing harris teeter pickup but they mm. just rolled out delivery and that was awesome Harris Teeter delivery, awesome when you can get it. So yeah. Oh, did they just do it now at your store? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we we always do pickup almost exclusively because I like shopping for the groceries online because it's a great way to like manage how much you're spending on groceries. Um, plus, I found that I don't know if this is just store policy or what, but I found that it's easier to get your discounts online than it is in store. An example I'll give to that is like you walk down, let's say we don't generally drink soda, but it's the best example I can think of because it, it happened to us and we had to go take a bunch of stuff back. It was like a buy five for like the, it was like buy two, get three free, I think is what it was. So you could get five of them. It only cost as much for two of them. Um, and they jack the prices up when they do that. So it wasn't truly the price of two, but it was still a really good sale. So we grabbed our, you know, five Coke products, it went up and it wouldn't scan through. And they're like, no, you see, you gotta get five of the same thing. You gotta get like five of the same flavor, which mm. took me back because I've never had that problem online. I don't know if it's because the complexity of programming a special like that in, they just give it to you anyway when you do it online. Um, but it absolutely, when we were at the register in the store, it did not scan how it always does online. So there's my life hack. It's cheaper to get Harry's Teeter groceries online than it is in person. <laughs> but yeah, our uh, we've always shopped online. And I guess the one near us, because we didn't really do the delivery down here um, into Cary, it's always had the delivery. And we've used it maybe five or six times. You know, any time that one of us is sick enough that we kind of don't want to go to the store or we don't want to worry about getting somebody else sick because they've got something contagious, we'll just have it delivered. And yeah, they are. They most of the time do a really great job. I've only had like one or two bad experiences with the shopping online. So I, I've had bad experiences. I've had like four or five um, in the past six or seven months. And I think we've talked about this before um, that, you know, we decided to do some, start doing some shopping online and we'd let you know mm -hmm. how that turned out. But in the current climate, like, you know, I just, I can't say enough about being able to do that. I mean, yeah, we're, we've got our own small garden. We're doing, Stuff where we're growing things at home and we're you know even some of the things that we buy we're replanting so that we can you know grow a new head of uh or you know not lettuce but we, yeah we, i mean we've replanted some lettuce and stuff like that we've got things that you should see our parsley bush it's huge it's the biggest parsley bush i've ever seen <laughs> it's i guess like four foot tall mm -hmm. um uh but it's um you know, just like, uh, it, it, it makes it so much easier to do stuff. I mean, really Amazon's not my favorite company in the world. They got some bad corporate practices sometimes, but in this case, they're really, 
really saving the patook on being able to like do stuff to keep yourself quarantined. So I'm pretty um pretty happy with it so far. Uh, maybe my maybe by the end of all this I'll be tired of uh of it, but I haven't grown tired of it in the last like four or five months. So I don't think I will. Yeah, it's no, it, it's super favorite. nice. This would be yeah. a you know, delivery is one thing. It does cost a bit more, uh, but, you know, during the current climate, definitely worth it. But just being the shopping online part is it's great. You know, you, you occasionally get the bad thing. The only thing I ever complain about with Harris Teeter, at least my local one, is that sometimes all of your meats will, like, expire in the next two or three days. Like, they get you the stuff that's not going to last too long. It's like, well, I was buying for a week, so I'm going to have to immediately freeze some of this. But most of the time, it's it's pretty legit. Instacart's kind of the same way. I'm not sure if you've used Instacart too much. Never used Instacart. Instacart, I like. I think it's a little bit more expensive. It's it's harder to say because it's not just you know we're going to put a delivery fee on it. All it's kind of almost like how Grubhub is, where like all the items themselves are a little bit more expensive by a certain percentage, and they shave some of that off. But they do a ton of stuff. You know, it's more of a like. Instacart is everywhere, and you've got like Instacart drivers who will you're essentially placing your grocery order online and they do the pickup for you oh. and then drive it out to you. So, like, our local Costco does it, a bunch of different stores do it. Yeah, they've got so I'm, I'm looking at Petco, BJ's, Lowe's, the Fresh Market, uh, the Restaurant Depot, Target, CVS, Costco, Total Wine and More, Sprouts, Food Lion, Aldi, Walgreens. Sam's yeah, Club. I think this is how I'm gonna get some brews uh, that I that I've been wanting to get from Total Wine, but I don't want to go in the store for a bit. So mm-hmm. yeah, gonna yeah. do this. This is awesome. Yeah, it's a good one. We we've used that a couple times. We'll use Harris Teeter's direct one if we just need like regular groceries. But if we need anything, we can't get at Harris Teeter. We always use like Instacart. And I like to use Amazon Fresh for a lot of specialty items. Yeah, you know, like again, I buy a lot of things in bulk. If you want to get like beans or especially lentils in bulk they sell them on fresh but it's really hard to find them anywhere else for a decent price Mm -hmm. so a lot of times even with the delivery free your fresh order would be cheaper than if you went out and bought comparatively at your local places because you can get them in larger quantities that uh, yeah i I agree um i just i think it's um for me so like if as I go through the week, I can just like get on my phone and as I see, Oh, I've run out of this. I can just drop it in my cart mm-hmm. uh, at Harris Teeter or, or Amazon or service I'm using. And, and then like when it comes to the time for me to check out, I can just say, okay, time to check out. This is the day I want you to deliver it. Boop, boop, boop. I put it in. I'm good. I'm good to go. It makes me pretty happy. So, yeah. Um, I think I think though the the thing that frustrates me with those services is that um, there's only so many slots available and people are so panicked about the current climate they'll just like grab that stuff up and it kind of oh, overwhelms yeah, yeah. the system. So I wish that they were a little bit more robust, but I do I understand. I mean, they've only been out for like six months. It's fortunate that they did exist, but like some of these things haven't been around for a while, you know. Yeah, that's true. I, I know, like, a lot of them are just at whatever is, like, the participating store. Like, I've had Harris here delivery for a while, but I know, and I think it's in response to Instacart, because a lot of grocery stores are trying to do their own delivery service. 
Yeah. Because, you know, it's cheaper for them. But we'll see. You know, it is, it's again, it's the like, almost like Uber versus cab driver. Like, Instacart is, is the big boy and everybody else is trying to catch up. I generally try and support the smaller people. But when the smaller people are also giant corporations, like, I don't know if I feel bad for Walmart that I, if I need something from Walmart, I'm using Instacart to get it as opposed to their own delivery service. Yeah, I don't feel bad about that at all, especially since Walmart's delivery service is so bad. Don't use it. Don't ever use it. I've used it like four or five times. It is so bad. And if you're a person who's like, oh, I use Walmart's service, try one of these other services. They're not that much more expensive. They're actually, actually ended up being cheaper. Um, yeah. Fresh and, and Harris Teeter you know, the, the, the actual cost for it. Um, the items there aren't, aren't necessarily as cheap as they are at Walmart, but Walmart stuff so bad, especially getting meat and produce from there was so bad. That yeah, I was just like, no, I'm, rough. I'm never doing that again. I'll admit, we've got our, it, as far as Walmarts go, it's a fairly good Walmart. We've got one, but we generally don't go to it, but it does have though, which we stocked up on before we went quarantine. It's got a really good Latin section that it's hard to reproduce in a lot of the other local stores here. Mm. So like, you know, my wife being Puerto Rican, she likes to cook a lot of Latin dishes and that's like the only place you can find that has ingredients. So we stocked up on some things. Oh, interesting. We haven't had a problem with finding because with the two girls taking care of right now, they're from Honduras mm -hmm. and we've made, they've been, they've wanted to cook and we've made a couple of dishes that are Honduran and, um, there or did i say that right honduran right if i got that wrong i'm sorry i didn't mean to get that wrong. i just uh showing my ignorance on certain cultures uh but they wh whatever the correct word is they were you know from honduras dishes and they were really great they were you know tacos and enchiladas and things like that and we found all the stuff that we needed to either at harris teeter or um fresh around here I, th I think we had to go to one, one, get one thing from Food Line, but we haven't had to go to Walmart for any of that stuff right here. So yeah. that's well, we don't, interesting. I'm not sure we've checked fresh for it. So it might be on fresh, but it's definitely not in our local standard grocery stores. Mm. Interesting. Like particular sauces or like, we don't like to make our own empanada dough. So they make like empanada discs of like a very particular size. Mm. Neat. So uh, I'm going to change the subject. It's, it does have to do with uh, being online. Um, mm -hmm. So you, you, you see it here, and we kind of alluded to it in one of our other episodes. Um, there are a bunch of ISPs who they've started removing their data caps mm -hmm. when people have started having to work from home because of this crisis. And there's a lot of things, you know, we, we complained about like the general topic of there's many things that could have been either free or like a not expensive pay for service that people were doing just because either they always wanted to keep it that way. They wanted to be the gatekeeper or they were hoping that if they made a scarcity of it, they could drive the price up or something. Right. Mm -hmm. This is a perfect example of that. Why do you need a data cap? We work in tech. We work on stuff that deals with sending large amounts of data over uh, a, a, you know, network we understand that you might have to put like QoS or something. Sometimes you have to rate limit certain, some things to be able to conserve bandwidth. But there is no like you're not going to out of the ability to send in a packet. You know you don't you yeah. don't have a limited amount of data is not a resource you can run out on 
Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not like it's gas, and it's like, well, the gas station can run out. You know, your servers can be overwhelmed. So again, you need QoS. But as long as your servers are running, they're going to send what they need to send. Yeah, I, I mean, the, so the, don't don't get me wrong. There are things you know you you could run out of space on a server, or you could do this, or you could do that. There's other ways to mitigate that stuff. Charging people what we've just always charged like you get a certain amount of minutes or you have to pay extra money you get a certain amount of data or you have to pay extra money that stuff is an artificially created cap that's set there and made so that the isps can just charge you more money and there's no reason for it and we've already paid them millions of dollars for their infrastructure that they haven't even updated in america so why are we paying them more money to have these things in europe too i mean there's some play like germany i've been to germany and i've seen like they have to deal with they like they should be like rioting <laughs> at the fronts oh, yeah. of their isps australia too you know they, they just like even canada doesn't really get a fair shake on their isps i've had to deal with some of their stuff and um they, they, now that said you know it's not that bad when it comes to certain things now i understand if you're trying if you need if you hit a certain data throughput and you have to burst above that. So like if you hit a, a throughput limit of one gigabit, so that that's like versus the amount of stuff that's going through your straw, like the amount of liquid or the type of liquid that's yeah. going through your straw, the size of the straw, you know, whether you got a jumbo yeah. straw or a little coffee stirrer, uh, the bigger, the more throughput you have, whether it's one gigabit at a time or a hundred megabits at a time or something like that. Um, I understand all that, like that you, you should charge more money for more, for more throughput because you have to put more expensive equipment in. You have to do more to maintain it. It can put more stress on your system. So you have to make sure that there's more dedication there and, st- and stuff like that to dedication there. The, the bandwidth is more dedicated to that certain setup. All that said, that's great. And I appreciate that. And it's wonderful. But the way that we've done it to consumers is just, it's basically just taking advantage of poor people. Um, yeah, it really doesn't make sense um, for almost every situation. There's a couple that it does. Some like really rural communities that are working on just some crazy old tech. I can yeah. see, but you know, I've had some customers like that. But really, it's nothing but price gouging, and it's really sad for me. I and mean, I'm glad they were caps because I feel like people would riot uh, if they didn't, especially the people that have to work from home. But like. On so one they're, hand, they're probably going to put them back on after people. Oh, I'm sure they will. Yeah, yeah, they, they'll put them back on because here's the thing: a part of you wants to say at the beginning, like, well, maybe they're doing it to be more competitive, because just like we talked about in a previous one, you know, people will switch to, you know, employers that are supporting them. Same thing with your utilities. Like, if you're, if you've got a choice of who's providing your internet, you're going to go with the person who's going to give you the better shake at the time you need it. But people really, generally in America, don't have a choice. There, you know, like, there's two ISPs in my area who both have the same setups. You know, if you're in a place that has data caps, probably all of your available options have data caps. So, you know, it's just that, you know, like, it's glad they do it, but I can't, like, thank them for doing it because they didn't need to do it in the first place. Yeah, there's no, there's no charitable to do it. I, I think, I think what I would say, you know, like when your kid, um, they do what you're supp- they're supposed to do, and you say like thanks, you know, like you're saying it 
just because they they did the thing you want them to do like things again if there's any thanks that need to go out there it needs to be thank you for not being the douches that you were before this all started you know? yeah like, thank you for not being like making this hard yeah exactly you cut out there a little bit but i, I caught what you're saying gotcha. yeah. <laughs> um yeah thank thank you for not making this harder thank you for not you know doing all these but you're not like uh, so the people that work for you are probably not too bad like i know some people that work for fees they're all right um but the people that make the policies at them kind of i don't really like that now i'm saying that and i sing the praises of google fiber all the time because i've got it so i don't want to like make it out like i like every isp is always awful and stuff like that but i had spectrum for how how is four or five years that um, no I, I had it for longer than that and i went from having 20 megabits download at the highest tier that i could get and, and two megabits of upload and they treated it like they were doing me some sort of favor um but i just i didn't have any other than to get spectrum and you know like every little thing that that the corporation did was they they weren't really doing anything better and i had constant outages and all this other stuff you know that they, they still call me up constantly like well would you like to switch back and i'm like no take that and shove it somewhere i don't want that i haven't had an isp outage since i started using google fiber there was some problem with the phone line and they reimbursed me like 10 or 15 dollars for the day that it was out um on google fiber now you know i mean they still they don't treat me like they they sometimes they treat me like they're doing me a favor by giving me stuff but that it's much less with google fiber and i still like they're not my favorite that's not the way i think that things should be you know so um i'm just uh i'm I'm, I'm ranting now I'm, I'm about to go into like full-on rant down uh from joe so stop me ricky stop me <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so, um, in, in kind of the same vein, you know, smartphone manufacturers, Apple, um, over the last year, their, their sales have been down. The iPhone sell as much as they thought it would. Um, Galaxy phones are not selling as much and people like with the, the quarantines and stuff, people have not been like rushing out to buy new stuff that some people have bought like the new iPad and stuff. Um, but that's just that's not really been people's focus over the last quarter and like their sales show uh their smartphone sales and tablet sales have been way down in the last last quarter um and i wonder what that's going to mean for us like overall is are are these companies going to focus on something else or they're going to try to move to like wearable tech so that they can keep their profit margins up mm-hmm. or are they actually going to make some sort of innovation in some of the areas cuz right now if you get a Galaxy phone or an or an iPhone, there's a few features for each one that are really great, but nothing really sets them apart from one another. You can basically do whatever you want to do with any of these services without, you know, on any phone. You don't need an Apple versus a um a an an iPhone or or, or or an Apple phone versus a Galaxy phone or Android versus versus you know ios or whatever 
Um, it's not like it was back in the day where there were some killer features on one that you had to have to, the, or a killer app on one or something like that. It's not that way anymore. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with all that. I guess I'm not. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, always, I generally like to come up with a counter, but I kind of just wholly agree. <laughs> I do my best to keep it interesting, but you know, it, it is what it is. You're speaking the truth. Yeah, I, I, I am. I, 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 I get up on my soapbox about this stuff too. I'm like, companies need to be more responsible, and blah 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 blah. And I, you know, I work at a tech company that sometimes isn't very responsible. Sometimes they are, and I disagree or I agree with their policies and stuff like that. For the most part, I try to stay at like a company that I agree with things with. And I don't, you know, most tech companies, they have bad things. um, They have something bad about them, right? But like the ISP thing, I just, I I just, I don't understand that. I I don't understand how we're not having like some sort of French revolution type moment with the ISPs. I mean, I'm I'm not saying we need to go like violent. I'm definitely not saying that. But I mean, there's other ways that you can be like, you know, you make, make that like, we have some things in politics right now that we're talking about that are dumb, you know, compared to like health issues, mm-hmm. uh, basic human needs for certain things, you know, and, and, co- and common services that every human being should have. And these are things that like electricity, heat, you know, shelter, we sh- we we're in the 20th century we should be kind of past needing to starve to death on the sh- on a street uh corner in a in a first world country um you know basically we should be at a point to where you know we're taking care of our people and and making sure that they're you know they're they're able to thrive and things like that and in order to do that, the ability to communicate with one another is another is super paramount. I'm, you know, I'm not saying that you should get one gigabit of throughput on the internet for free, but you should have something that's, that's there. I mean, even if it's like 20 megabits, you know, the minimum to be able to call yourself broadband, that should probably be free for every person in the United States and Canada. Mm-hmm. and england and germany like we we call ourselves first world countries but we don't have some of the basic things that people need to be able to work and to be able to to communicate with one another and stuff like that and it just oh, seems yeah. like and, we're not especially if you look at like all these schools that are you know quote unquote closing that are going to all online classes like suddenly now oh your education system needs to be happening over the internet you know like when there's bad weather, we still always guarantee buses run unless school is canceled because, again, it's a public service. Right. We guarantee education. Yeah. Well, we're saying, man, if things get bad enough, what we need to guarantee that education is access to the Internet. Yes, that is absolutely 100 percent correct. If things get bad enough, everyone in this in this country needs to be able to work from home. Our industries need to be able to be you know, automated so that we can have everybody like with safe distance in case of a quarantine type situation like we need to to rethink what we're doing um it's uh it's it's 
dumb of us to just think, oh yeah, we can just like make everybody go out and work and we'll just, you know, put the old people up or we'll do this. That's not how, that's not how herd immunity works. Mm. Um, how many people do we lose in the Spanish th- flu? It was like millions of people. Uh, that. Yeah. So that, uh, but whatever that number is, basically what I'm saying is that we, we spent a lot of time in, in the past, you know, sacrificing people for these things. We need to be better than that in the, in the 21st century, 22nd century, whatever, wherever we are, we're not going to, we, we can't continue to have the mindset of advancing on the backs of the poor and Mm. the destitute. uh, If we, if we plan to go forward, man, that got dark toward the end. (laughs) Like (laughs) there I go getting on my, on my soapbox. iPhone sales are down. Therefore, we need to treat people better. Um, that that's my that's my thing. Uh, so, do you have anything else you want to say about that? No, I think we covered it all pretty well. Okay, well then, I just I want to say thank you. I, I think every episode we've said thank you to the uh, people that are out there making sure that they're taking care of us all. I just I want to say it again. You know, the first responders, police officers, thank you so much for the work that you do. Uh, firefighters and EMS workers and uh, doctors and nurses. Thank you so much for all the work that you do. We really appreciate that. Um, The people that are working on vaccines, you know, scientists and um, engineers that are out there that are building solutions to be able to help us to continue to do the things that we're doing. Thank you very much for that. Um, All the people that are working on the folding at home teams and giving to that. Thank you for that. People that are cleaning stuff, um, whether you're janitors or your garbage collection or whatever you're doing, you are making it so that we stay healthy and safe in America and Canada and England and Europe and wherever else in the world. Thank you so much. And, you know, I, I, I just I, I thank the people that are working at, at retail, at grocery and Amazon and everything like that. Uh, you guys are heroes, so thank you so much. If uh, if it seems like we're just consuming and we're not being grateful, there's at least some people that are. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, other than that, this is episode four of season three of the Beer and Broadband podcast. Uh, we are uh, going to keep on going for probably 10 or 11 episodes. I don't know how many we're going to do this spring season, so we're about getting pretty close to halfway, th- halfway through. So thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. All right. Have a good one.